Hey, Hope Church. Uh, my name's Andrew, and I'm a pastor of Commonwealth City Church in Lexington, but certainly not a stranger uh, to being here in Frankfurt. And I just want to say that I'm super excited to share the Sunday of peace, the Advent Sunday of peace with you all. And in fact, I'm going to open this up by um, lighting our Advent candle this morning about as we talk about uh, this Advent Sunday of peace. And we're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter six or chapter nine, verses six and seven today. Um, but I'm just going to be clear, my intention, not just in lighting this candle, uh, but for us today as we journey through the scriptures, is just to recognize that you will never have perfect peace unless you surrender to the peace of it, to the prince of that peace. You will never have perfect peace unless you surrender to the prince of it. So let's um, read the scriptures today and let's light the candle and pray as we get started. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And if you feel it, you can stand up even at home in the reading of the word of the Lord. It says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for just the opportunity we have to look at your word, to look at you as the author and the founder and the prince of peace. Uh, God, may you just encourage us and remind us and even uh, invite us to a greater surrender to you. Um, people whose lives are surrendered to you, who's, who's, who match and walk in pace uh, with the peace that you offer us and afford us. Uh, Father, today we, we hope and pray that um, your spirit preach a, a second sermon that's louder than anything I say or that, or that Tyra says, um, but it connects to our hearts and, and hits us exactly where your spirit intends uh, for us to be met with today. We just trust that. Uh, we pray that we're able to get out of the way and shine a great light on you. It's in your holy and precious name we ask these things. Amen. So let's talk about our world for a second. Um, there are people with a few more years under their belts than I have, you know, in terms of the years that I've lived. But in all of my life, I have never seen a year more devoid of peace, deprived of peace than this one. Like, let's be honest. Like there's physical unrest. There's emotional unrest. There's economic unrest. There's mental unrest. There is spiritual unrest. There is political unrest and there is philosophical unrest, and it is literally everywhere we look. There's not much we can agree on in 2020, it seems, but I think the one thing we could all affirm is that we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're exhausted. Things that didn't drain our energy in previous years seem to do so tenfold this year. There is a great just confession to our collective unrest. And where there's unrest, there's also a lack of peace. As we recognize the brokenness that our world lives in, we have to recognize this too. We all contribute to it. Like, yeah, there are things that have happened outside of our personal control, but as long as there have been humans in the grand scheme of creation, we have contributed to the cycle of brokenness with our own sin and our own rebellion. In fact, this dates all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, the first people, contributed to the brokenness that we currently live in 
because of their sin and rebellion against the Lord. But God's plan from day one in that very garden is to bring peace to places of chaos. And 2020 is not going to be the exception to that rule. Just because it's the most out of sorts year that any of us have lived, he is still here. He is present. He is able to redeem. He is able to restore. And he is able to bring peace. We're going to talk today about a story in the book of Isaiah. If you know anything about the book of Isaiah, in chapter 6, you see the prophet Isaiah have this crazy interaction with the Lord. He gets to go and experience him in his throne room. And it, it results in God saying and commissioning to Isaiah, whom am I going to send? Who's going to be my servant? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. And ironically, who he has Isaiah send to, send, or who he has Isaiah go to, who he sends him to, uh, in chapter 7, is King Ahaz, the king of Judah. Now, Israel and Judah, going on right now, you've got the nations that are split. Israel and Judah are split, and they're actually kind of uh, rivals. Israel is hanging out in an area where Samaria is its capital, and, and you know Jerusalem for Judah. And, and Israel and Syria, who's a neighboring country, have aligned, and the people of Judah are terrified. Like, they are convinced that the alignment between Israel and, uh, and Assyria is going to be the end of their story. And so King Ahaz is just upset. He's all up in arms. He's frustrated. He is worried. He's terrified. In fact, he's so terrified that he uh, tries to maybe even align with other enemies. You know the old adage, like, my enemy's enemy is also my friend. Like, he chooses to align even with, with some other enemies. And the Lord has Isaiah step in and give King Ahaz a reminder. And he says this in chapter 7. This is back a few verses from where we, where we read at the beginning. In chapter 7, he says this. I want to read it for us. The, the word comes to King Ahaz, and he says in verse 4, Say to him, this is, this is what he's saying through Isaiah, Say to the king, be careful, be quiet, do not fear, and don't lose heart. Be careful, be quiet, do not fear, and don't lose heart. Now, if we're honest... Don't some of us need to hear those reminders about some things we've experienced this year or that we're currently experiencing today? Be careful. Watch where you're going. Don't take that step. Don't do that. I, I was just hanging out last weekend um, at a, a downtown Lexington. I was, we were walk, I was walking around with some friends, obviously six feet apart, uh, but walking around and trying to patronize some businesses that were still open for um, you know, like to-go food. So there's a new pastry shop that opened up and we were down there and my friends Zach and Kristen had their little girl Eden with them and we were approaching a street corner and, you know, Eden was, was not, they didn't have her handheld, but as they approached the street corner, obviously one of the first things they did as parents was grab the hand of their three-year-old daughter because as she comes to the corner to the edge of a busy street, she needs to watch. She needs to be careful. Do you ever feel like the Lord would remind you of that? Like we're in all, we've got all this busyness going on all around us. There's stuff that's scary, that's out of our control, that, that maybe could be a great harm for us. And we need the reminder that Isaiah gave King Ahaz, be careful. Let your good father take your hand. Watch your step. Don't play there. That's not safe for you. Be careful. What about the second one? Be quiet. Still your heart. Sometimes your mouth is shut 
but your heart is rarely muted. Our hearts yell things that maybe only our inner ears hear all the time. We are consumed by worry. We are consumed by anxiety. We are consumed by bitterness. We are consumed by frustration. We are consumed by fear. What does it look like for you to hear the reminder in the midst of all the chaos that you face or that you're currently in or that 2020 has had to hear the reminder, be quiet, simmer down, take a deep breath. Don't be so worked up. Be still. Or the third one, don't fear. What are you worried about? What are you afraid of? And then lastly, don't lose heart. Are there things in your life, are there promises of God that you believe you're the exception to the rule? That that's going to come true for everybody else, but it's not going to be true for me. It's going to, that, that's, that's good, Andrew, that you're, you're sharing testimonies, or, or that's good, Hope Church, that you share testimonies of, of God's faithfulness and God's provision, but that doesn't happen for me. I'm glad it happens for you all, but it happens for me. I think the same God that showed up to King Ahaz and gave him a reminder 2,000 some years ago would show up to us and give us the same one in 2020. Be careful. Be quiet. Don't be afraid. And don't lose heart. God continues to say these things to us. um, That these are promises that we can take. That he's going to meet us And quiet our fears and guide our steps and meet us where we are and fulfill the desires of our heart. As we keep going in the story, um, we find out that the Lord in in chapter 7 tells Ahaz, listen, everything you're afraid that's going to happen, don't worry. It's not going to come to fruition like you think it is. It's not going to end like you think it is. My plan, this is what God says to, to Ahaz, my plan for the tribe of Judah is a lot bigger than you think. Do you ever struggle to take God at his word? Do you ever struggle to believe the things in the Bible that actually they might be true for you presently now? They're not just a historical truth, they're a present truth. See, God knew that Ahab, Ahaz needed a reminder, needed a word from the Lord. In fact, he even challenged him. He said, Ahaz, to prove that I am committed to what I'm saying I'm committed to, I'm going to give you a sign. Why don't you ask for a sign? And don't even be, uh, don't, don't even be modest. Ask for the biggest, most grand sign you can think of. Ahaz's response to the Lord was, I don't want to test the Lord that way. I don't want to ask, ask for a sign. He got all like, uber religious. He got all like super spiritual. It's like, I don't want to test for a sign or ask you for a sign. I don't want to test the Lord. And then the Lord said, guess what? I'm going to give you a sign anyway. Even though you didn't ask for it, Ahaz, I'm going to give you a sign that shows my promise to the people of Judah. And you know what the Lord's response was and the sign that he prompt, that he said he would give to the promised people of Judah? It was Isaiah 7:14. Probably a verse you've heard. Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. Behold, the young girls shall conceive and bear a son. Some translations say the virgin will conceive and bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel, which we know means God with us. God's response, God's sign was going to be the sending of his son, Jesus. 
So this is what we see when we look at this story. That in the middle of Ahaz's mess, in the middle of Judah's mess, in the middle of the mess of the people of God, he shows up. He shows up in worry. He shows up in their fear. He shows up even when we don't ask him to. And you know what? That's true of 2022. There have been a lot of days, this is just a confession, there have been a lot of days that I've mailed it in in 2020. I've just mailed it in. It's been hard. It's been isolating. It's been difficult. It's been stressful. It's been painful. It's been weird. And it's just been easy to hit ignore on the entire day. I don't know if you're guilty of that or not, but I know that I can have that confession. Do you know what's true? Even on days that I've mailed it in, even on days that I've hit do not disturb or ignore or I'll deal with that later, even on days that I've wallowed in my own season of self-pity or stress or fear or anxiety or worry, God has showed up in that mess as well. The same God that promised to show up in the mess that King Ahaz was dealing with shows up to us all the same. Now, Ahaz might not be around to see this sign happen, but I'm telling you that the promise of God um, was for King Ahaz and the people he led as as it introduced us to the Christ child Jesus. And it's the same promise we see today. We might not always see it with clarity, but Jesus is always showing up, whether we want him to or not, right in the middle of whatever we're facing. So now we're going to skip ahead in the story a little bit. Isaiah chapter 8, the Lord continues to encourage and instruct his people to trust him, and then it all kind of culminates in chapter 9, which is where, what we read at the beginning. I want to read it for us one more time just to remind us this, this day. For unto us a child is born. We said that before. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of his increase, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. How exciting is that? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Say that together. Say us together. On the count of three. One, two, three. Us. That means you. That means me. But it also means people we wouldn't expect. Jesus shows up not just in the messes of church people. He doesn't just show up in the messes of Hope Church. He shows up in the mess and in the life of every single person that has ever existed on the planet. He is, for all of us, the promised Prince of Peace. In fact, I want to lean into that just for a moment. Unto us a child is born. When you hear the word us, who do you think of? Like who is the first group of people that come to your mind? Is it your church family? Is it your physical family? Is it the people sitting in the room with you right now? If I was talking to uh, the the audience in this room, would it it be the, the people sitting here on a Sunday morning gathering at Hope Church? Is that who you think of when you think of us? Do you think of all the people in the state of Kentucky? Do you think of all the Christians on the planet? Do you think of your friends, your neighbors, those you work with, those that you're related to? Who is your us that this child has been sent for? I hope that there are some people in your us category that maybe don't know him yet, but that you walk away today with a recognition 
that Jesus was sent even for them. And whatever mess or stress or strife or season they find themselves in, he interrupts it as well. And spoiler alert, he might interrupt their season because of you. You might be someone that carries the good news of this child that was born to us, a son given to us. You might be the one that expands the reach of who us becomes. Is there anyone you're praying for that you would like them to know the Prince of Peace like you do? Now let's get real for a minute. If that answer is no, if there's not someone that you're praying for that would come to recognize Jesus as the Prince of Peace of their life, I actually hope this messes you up a little bit. I hope it kind of like gets on your nerves. I hope it makes you a little uncomfortable if there's nobody that you're praying for. And I hope today jars you out of that. Uh, and it starts to invite you into saying, I want to I start begging the Lord that some of people in my life, maybe my friends, my family, my coworkers, my classmates, my neighbors, I want them to know the same peace that I found in Jesus. So I hope that when we talk about who the us is, that the son's been given to, that the child's been born for, I hope that we can recognize those of us that are believers, but also hope we can recognize those whose life we're in that are maybe yet to profess a trust and a belief and a faith in him. Now, we mentioned earlier that Jesus is committed to showing up in our mess. Part of Advent is the recognition that the Prince of Peace shows up and reveals himself to us, whether we want him to or not. And at times, we push back against that, don't we? Do you ever expect to find peace fighting against the prince of it? Like, think about all the places you search for peace and satisfaction in your daily life. Like, we meet it in opportunity. We meet it in hobbies. We meet it in approval of people in our life. If I can just get my boss's approval, if I can just get my spouse's approval, if I can just get my parents' approval, if I can just get my kids' approval, um, if I can be a good neighbor... If I can be wise with my investments in this season, if we can make more money, if we can uh, achieve this or, or attain that, then I'll have peace. Does it ever you know, bewilder you that at the, the end of all these per- pursuits, you still don't have it? Do you want to know why? Because you're fighting the prince of it. And you'll never find peace fighting against the prince of peace. And so today should come a a reminder and really an invitation of repentance to say, I don't want to fight against Jesus anymore. I want to find peace in my life by surrendering my life to the prince of it. Isaiah 9, 7, which is the verse we'll end with, says this, that his peace, of the increase of his government and of his peace, it will be no end. There isn't a formula for Jesus' peace to never end in your life except this to surrender daily. There's a gentleman that uh, speaks into my life pretty regularly. In fact, every Tuesday morning, we meet, now we meet over Zoom um, or Google Duo when we talk to one another. Um, But he's a 78-year-old man that's become like a, just a a discipler, a mentor to me, a coach in a lot of ways. And uh, he tells me every time we get together that every single day when he wakes up, he says, Hey God, this is John, I'm reporting for duty. And that's how he starts his day. And at the end of the day, he said, as my final prayer of the day is, 
All right, Lord, I'm checking back in. How did I do today? How did I do today in surrendering my life to him? I've heard my dad say many times that he starts every day with pledging allegiance to the Lord that day. It's the same sentiment. Do you want to know the formula to perfect peace? It's surrendering all of your life, not just your churchy part, all of your life under the lordship and the leadership of the Prince of Peace, who we know to be Jesus. And it's doing that each and every day to surrender to him, to daily trust his way, to daily recognize that you don't live a second. I want you to hear this. You don't live one second that he doesn't join you. And in fact, there's not a day in your entire history or a moment in your entire history that Jesus hasn't given you his very best. That's not going to stop tomorrow. He's given you his very best. He's not a spectator to your story. He's an ever-present participator in it with you. And he always gives you his best. In fact, Abraham Kuyper, a theologian, many years ago said, there's not one square inch of the whole domain of your human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, wouldn't look at and say, that's mine. Every single part of your story, every single part of your 2020, every single up and down, every day of high or low, every day of frustration or pain, there's not one single bit of your human existence that King Jesus, the author and the Prince of Peace, wouldn't look at and say, that's mine. I want that. And I want to join you in it. So you want the sure way to peace? It isn't church attendance. It's not saying your prayers every night. It's not living morally correct or being generous with your resources. The only sure way to peace is surrendering and submitting all of your life every day to the leadership and lordship of the Prince of Peace. And if you do that, it'll change your habits when it comes to the church. It'll sanctify and promote and give you a greater desire in your prayer life. It will cause you to be more generous. But God's not impressed with your activity. He's just welcoming of your surrender. So this Advent season, would you know the Prince of Peace in a real way? Or would you pray for those that are in your life? We mentioned earlier that don't know him yet, that maybe your interaction or your presence in your family or your presence in your workplace or your presence on the street you live on might be the way that they get to know the same Prince of Peace that you know. And with the rest of our days, whether it's in 2020 or from here on out, have the testimony that all we know is living under the lordship and the leadership of the only one who brings peace. We pray for us today. Jesus, I just thank you for the truth of your word and the truth of this story. Um, that you showed up in a mess. King Ahaz in the Old Testament. And your solution to the problem wasn't military strategy. It was the promise of sending uh, King Jesus down in the form of a little infant. Born of a virgin. With, as, he, as he was raised up as... Um, the government set on his shoulders that he would be known as a mighty God, an everlasting father, a counselor, a prince of peace. Um, and Lord, I just pray that we recognize you as that today. That we recognize that if, if this is our story, we're not king over a nation that's in political strife with its enemies. But we are participants in a year that's been hard. 
in a season that's been difficult. Um, in other seasons of suffering, maybe not even related to everything that's happened in COVID. Lord, we are people who have struggled. And we need to be reminded that you show up in our mess too. And you show up and you bring all these, all these things we celebrate in Advent. You bring joy, you bring hope, you bring love, and you certainly bring peace. May we be people that have the testimony because of our trust in you that all we know is surrendering our life to the Prince of Peace. Jesus, may we also be people that carry that message to those that are fighting against you, trying to find peace, trying to find satisfaction, trying to find fulfillment in anything and everything but you. May you put those people in our lives and in our way that we might invite them to the same hope and the same promise that we have in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you, Hope Church.